0: Welcome to Distance and Intimate, a podcast hosted by the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Justice Committee of the James Madison University Student Government Association. We
1: are excited to have this space to have intimate conversations about issues on diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice in the James Madison University community and our society in general.
0: Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Riley, and I'll be moderating the conversation today. I use she, her, hers pronouns, and I'm in student government. Hi, my name is Jennifer Weiss. I'm the president of Hillel, and
2: I use she, them pronouns.
3: Hi, my name is Ginger Barbour. I'm the DIJ committee chair. I use she, her, her pronouns. Hi,
4: my name is Jillian Lopez. I use she, her, her pronouns, and I am a senator in SGA on
1: the DEIJ committee. Hi, my name is Leia. I use they, them, their pronouns, and I'm also a senator on the DEIJ committee. Hi, I'm Alexis,
5: I use she, her, her pronouns, and I'm also a senator on the DEIJ
0: committee. Today we're going to be talking about different religions and their experiences on the JMU campus, specifically with the Christian privilege we experience on this campus. The first question is, what is your favorite holiday associated with your religion? Okay, I'll go first. Um, my favorite holiday is Passover. Um, It's a little
2: underrated. It happens in the spring semester, and it's usually around spring break, but because this year's a leap year in the Jewish calendar, it's actually happening a little later. Um, But I love it because it's completely food-centered. I am definitely directed by my love for food, and so I love the holiday because it's got a lot of unique foods that I love to eat, and I can only eat them then.
5: Um, My favorite holiday would probably be Eid Mubarak. It happens at the end of Ramadan where we don't eat during during sunlight. For an entire month and then at the very last day that we eat and we get to eat as much food as we want and again it's like a big prayer and we all just come together so it's really nice
4: my favorite holiday um would probably be all saints day or all souls day uh it's kind of like a day where we get to remember all those who have passed and all the saints uh i really use it to like remember all my family members who have passed away
0: all right thank you guys what were your experiences growing up with these holidays and have those experiences changed once being in college versus like elementary school or middle school or something like that? Um, So growing up, my family was
2: sort of like, I would say mid-observant. And so we would go to services for the holidays. And like, I went to Hebrew school and I had a bat mitzvah and other sorts of things. But like, we didn't really like, observe Shabbat necessarily every week and like we didn't like eat kosher or anything like that. Um, When I was in high school I joined a Jewish youth group and I sort of started to get a little more religious during that and so I started to observe some of the more obscure holidays that my family doesn't observe. Since coming to campus I've actually started keeping kosher and I also like I go to Shabbat every week at the Chabad on campus Um, And so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, although I haven't been able to go to services as much because there isn't really a local like conservative Jewish synagogue here. So I can't really I don't have access to it as much. So I haven't been able to attend.
5: Um, I recently reverted to Islam, so I didn't really experience it a lot growing up. But during my senior of high school and it was during COVID, we did have to I did celebrate Ramadan and go through that. And one thing that I did realize about public school was that they do not really count Ramadan as a holiday, so I did have to go to school during Eid, or I would just skip class during Eid to go and celebrate. So I did find that a little funny because I'd get in trouble with my teachers because I was skipping class, but it was for a religious holiday, so. And in college, it's most likely gonna be the same way, unless I tell a professor that, hey, I won't be coming to school on this day, so.
2: Yeah, I I forgot to mention that, but like in, like, where I'm from, there were there is a pretty high Jewish population, so we did get a day off for Rosh Hashanah and a day off for Yom Kippur. But like Rosh Hashanah's two days. And then like the week after that, there's another two day holiday that isn't recognized. And the week after that, there's another two day holiday that isn't recognized. And then like none of the other holidays are recognized. And so I would have to miss school for that and like make up my homework at the same time as trying to keep on top of all the homework that I was still getting and like figure out what I missed in like lectures. And like since coming to JMU, it's been pretty similar. And it was actually a little rough this semester because it was like the first time we were back in person. And so I was trying to deal with like, Getting back into like actually having to show up for class and not having recorded lectures, and I like missed like a ton of class for it, and so it was it was rough.
4: (laughs) I guess for me, I grew up in a predominantly Catholic country, and being Catholic, never kind of in the like the religious minority, but. When I moved, uh, when I was growing up, I went to private school. And one thing I always knew, like we always knew, we had, um, even though we were, I lived in a majority of, like Catholic co- uh, country and most of my, ca- most of my classmates are also Catholic, we did have a pretty significant Jewish population. And when it came time for Yom Kippur, Hanukkah, Rosh, Hashan- um, Rosh Hashanah, uh, st- uh, students got those days, they, it wasn't like an absence that would be counted against them. And then when I came to the US and started going to public school, Uh, That was just not the case Um, if you if we got a holiday off it would be like kind of like a Christian based holiday and that was just something that was always very interesting to me because you know, we always get uh, Christians and uh, get always get their holidays off or like at least their major holidays off like Easter and Holy Week like that's spring break Christmas and winter break, but most uh, basically no other religion does
1: Growing up um, Not religious at all and coming from a family that's completely uh, atheist was, I think there was a a bit of privilege in that um, because I never had to notice that there were other students who weren't, I mean, given the place that I grew up, didn't have a very high Jewish population or Muslim population or population other than um, people who were atheist and people who um, were uh, Christian. um, So I didn't really notice that um, all of the breaks kind of coincided with all of these like Christian-based holidays for a really long time Um, because my family like celebrates Christmas and celebrates Easter I guess but like it's more like we celebrate Christmas for the family part of it and like Santa and like being kids like you know that like Easter is real because even if you come from like an atheist household it's still in all of the media that you consume and like children's books and you know, kids at school talking about Easter, so we celebrated Easter for the Easter Bunny. Um, and like, I definitely had privilege in not noticing. Um, there were still like setbacks. Like, uh, my mom likes to tell the story of when my older sister was in first grade and she was in the lunch line, and um, she was talking to a girl, and then the girl asked her if she went to church on Sundays. And my sister said no, and then asked what church was. And this first grader said to my sister that she was going to hell and she was going to burn in hell for her whole life after she dies and my older sister came home crying in first grade to my mom asking what hell was because she didn't understand. Um, So there's like some privilege in the ignorance that I had um, when it comes to time off for religious holidays. Um, I guess I'm lucky on that front. but. I will say there's still some drawbacks and like confusion because it took me a really really long time to like understand religion. I will say that.
3: I will say that I think I had, well, of course, I definitely had a lot of privilege as a Christian, um, non-denominational Christian. Um, Just growing up, like I was not, as Leah was saying, I was not um, allowed to um, acknowledge Santa Claus, like my mom did not allow me to believe in Santa Claus at all like that was not a thing I can't I now still don't even call Easter Easter I call it Resurrection Sunday because that's just how it was raised and like there was no Easter Bunny like that just wasn't a thing so while we did celebrate these holidays it was a little different just because of my religion and then just never really recognizing other holidays until my sister went to college and she got off her Rosh Hashanah And then I was just like, oh, it's that. And then I started to realize, like, okay, like, yeah, you have a lot of privilege. Um, That was just, that that was honestly my only experience with it until I started really getting involved with DIJ.
1: I think elementary school was definitely tough, because I feel like in a lot of elementary schools, at least growing up, it still felt like we were celebrating Christmas, and, like, it felt like... There was less awareness about like having diversity in our discussions about religious holidays. I don't know. It felt kind of isolating. I'll say that.
2: Um plus there's always the pressure to not like spoil Santa or whatever. Right. Like I remember like my mom giving me this talk that was like, don't tell any of like the other kids about Santa. Like, that's like not like don't mention it. And it's like, I'm like a Like a first grader or a kindergartner and I already have to understand that there are like other people that practice religions that are different from me and that like like there are some things that you just like aren't supposed to talk about with them it's like something I had to be conscious of I think a lot earlier than a lot of people normally have to.
4: I think another aspect of privilege especially when we're younger is the fact that if you go to school like as a child and everybody is celebrating Christmas you are gonna know what Christmas is about, but if you ask the same children, well, why do why do Jewish people celebrate Hanukkah? Like, what's the hi- what's the story behind Hanukkah? What's the story behind Rosh Hashanah? And they'll probably just stare at you and be like, what Hanukkah? Mm-hmm. Like,
2: even that, yeah, yeah, even even in college classes, they kind of like expect you to know what's happening with these holidays or like with that like the history of it. Like, I am an art history major and in my art history classes when we're studying like renaissance paintings they'll be like oh this is depicting the resurrection and we're supposed to be able to tell that because we're supposed to like know what visual cues in that painting hint towards it being that event whereas like i'm jewish and i don't know what those cues are and they never really go over them because they just kind of come in expecting you to know that information and like know what we're talking about
1: i'm in an art history class right now and i that it's so bad mm-hmm. it's so bad mm-hmm. um like I had to have a conversation with my professor mm-hmm. after one after like, I think the first class where we talked about like um I guess like early Christian art because mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what he was talking about the entire time mm-hmm. um yeah they totally expected to understand yeah I don't even know and I felt like he spent so much time like when we were, when we were studying um like uh like art depicting like I think it was art in India that depicted like um Hindu and Mm -hmm. Buddhist like uh deities and that like those religions and we talked about like so extensively what that meant and what the events were and who every deity was and it was and then we started talking about uh Renaissance art, and it was just like, oh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm -hmm. The four things, those four things, that means them. But we're not gonna talk about who they are or why they're significant. Yeah. Um, Art history is so tough. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I also, like, I remember we were talking about, um, in my, like, we were talking about the theory, and a lot of the, like, founding, like, theorists in art history were Jewish in Germany during the holocaust so it was like kind of interesting to see how that was reflecting on their like how they viewed art but like i remember one of them was comparing uh, like an indigenous um culture in america to like a christian like practice like they were comparing similar practices and somebody said in the class they were like oh i think that that like art historian is trying to give us something that we can relate to and then i had to point out like hey look they were Jewish. So this wasn't something that they related to. So like, that's not, that wasn't their purpose there. They were trying to so, show that like cultures have similarities and like that this culture isn't like primitive because it's like doing similar things to like Christian culture. But it's like all of my other classmates kind of just missed that point because they were looking at it as like, oh, this is something that we're familiar with. So they were trying to like give us something that we could recognize. It has to
1: be about that. Later. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: I do want to ask, did any of you all have um, like religion in your curriculum, like in primary or second years? school? Yes.
1: In high school, oh we had an elective class on world religions, and it was only offered every other year. And outside of that, the only religion I learned about was through like general history classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went to the same thing that happened to my art history classes is we would spend so much time on every single other religion and absolutely no time on Christianity and I was so lost the whole time Mm -hmm. um and that was also really awkward too because like being like the person who doesn't understand it like you're singled out Mm -hmm. a lot it feels like and like asking questions is really difficult because everybody looks at you like there's something wrong with you when you like don't understand something from like the bible or I don't know
2: I remember one time I wrote like an entire three-page essay on this like Christian painting and like I interpreted it using like the visual cues in it and then like what I had like notes taken from class and then like I get the grade back on this and like they were like this is actually completely wrong, but like good job. <laughs> yeah. Cause I had just completely misinterpreted the event. And so like, I think I had said something about how like Jesus was placed between like heaven and hell. And they were like, well, Jesus was actually like in heaven during this, in this painting. So like, that's like not true. Um, and I was just like, that was my entire basis for my essay and it's all wrong. And I just felt so stupid. Cause I was like, I just didn't know this basic fact that like the professor expected me to know and, like, it was so weird, but, yeah, and, like, I, I do remember in middle school, like, we had, like, this class on religion, and it was, like, we had like, we spent, like, a unit on, like, each of the major religions, but it's, like, I, I literally remember, like, listening to the Judaism unit and being, like, all of this information is, like, wrong, because <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's often, like, presented in light of, like, this is the Old Testament, which, like, yeah is actually, like, fairly, like, an anti-Semitic statement because it kind of implies that, like, the religion's dead. Like, it's old, it's ancient, and, like, Christianity's, like, the modern thing. And so it's, like, I I, I don't know. I can't count how many times I've been asked that. Like, oh, isn't Judaism just the Old Testament? But it's, like, it's not. It's so much more than that, and it's, like, a living, breathing culture. Mm -hmm. And, like, there... it Yeah, and it's, like, it's kind of annoying that religion classes sort of teach it that way because it's, like, it's not really giving, like justice to my culture
1: (laughs) yeah I'm like my family's atheist but I'm still like ethnically Jewish Mm -hmm. and the way that that's not talked about too is also was really really difficult Mm because like I don't know how but like some people knew that and then going into like freshman year of high school getting to the Judaism unit and being like yeah I don't know anything about this either everybody was like people were so confused they don't get it and i don't know man all the education around it is just like Mm -hmm. so bad
2: yeah and that's that's the other thing is it's like judaism is not just a religion it's it's a culture it's an ethnicity um in like anti-semitic groups it's also been referred to as a race even though that's not true judaism's very diverse but like it's just often sort of ignored and treated as just like a religion and like oh like it's just like it's just the old testament you know and like it's it's so frustrating sometimes to have to try and, like, clear up the, the issue and, like, the mistake mm-hmm. and, like, sort of explain, like, no, like, this is, like, we're, we're a culture, we're a minority, we're not just a religious minority, but a cultural minority, an ethnic minority, like, we're a minority in every sense of the word, and it's not addressed often because people just see it as a different religion and not a different culture.
1: Yeah, and I think what you just said is a really good example about how, like, like how Judaism is presented in... Education or institutionally, or through media, is like through the lens of the dominant group, which is like the mm-hmm. Christian viewer. Yeah. And it's dulled down. To, like like you were talking about before, like you're. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but we were talking about how uh, some people were uh, interpreting. Oh, in your art class, they yeah. were interpreting like some. Our analysis as yeah. like for them yeah it's like dulled down for them mm-hmm. so that they can understand it mm-hmm. not so that they can fully understand like the the way that um it actually like manifests and is and fully is other than just simply a religion and only the old testament and
2: yeah yeah and i think like the lack of education is like a really big problem because it's like everyone will like they'll get their like Jewish education in schools, but then it's like, not only that, but it's like, just like, Christianity has many different like, branches. It's mm-hmm. like, so does Judaism, but everybody then only learns about like one type and like one way to define it. And so then they sort of see every other Jewish person that they meet as like that one branch. And so it's like, oh, like, don't you have to keep kosher? Or like, not, not every Jewish person observes that. And like, there are different things that different people do. And like, then you, you're constantly having to like, correct people and like educate them and it's like if you're on campus and like you're Jewish and it's like sometimes you're like people can kind of tell that you look kind of Jewish and like sometimes like they can't tell but it's like you'll constantly get asked questions about it the moment you like reveal yourself to be Jewish you'll get like oh like what was that holiday you just celebrated or like why like what is kosher like why do you have to keep it and it's like you like, you some you have to be a spokesperson yeah I'll also kind of say especially problems. a lot in high
1: school I felt like mm-hmm. I had to always explain myself mm-hmm. I had to always explain how like it wasn't just like I, I couldn't just say that I was ethnically Jewish I had to say how much mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what that meant and I was told that I wasn't ethnically Jewish because it was on my mother's side um, <laughs> by like other students my age in high school like mm-hmm. 16, 17 year olds mm-hmm. it's, it's absurd
4: mm-hmm. I think what's really amazing especially like hearing you guys talk about this is like the ignorance surrounding like whole religions, especially like Juda- Judaism and Islam. Mm-hmm. Like like I know Judaism is not necessarily like, like the religion is not like widespread per se, but it's like one of the world's oldest religions and Islam is also one of the world's largest religions. In the U.S., like people just kind of like couldn't, t- can't tell you much about like either one, but like, every, like people from other religions have to just kind of experience experience Christianity just because they live here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had a I have a Jewish friend on campus who's in choir and they were preparing for their choir concert for it was the winter choir concert, but it was like mostly Christmas music and she she went to the professor and she was like, "I feel uncomfortable like singing about how much I love Jesus when it's like I'm Jewish and like I don't like really like practice that." And then and the professor was like, "Well, we're including some Hanukkah songs too." And then she like went to the con and so like she still had to do it because like the professor just kind of ignored her and like her feelings but then like also when we get to the concert like the song that they sang was Bashana Haba'a, which is a traditional song for Rosh Hashanah so it was like the completely wrong <laughs> holiday and like they were singing this at the like the winter concert as like a as like a traditional Jewish song but it's like you just completely took it out of its cultural context and like sang it for a different holiday and like the fact that, like, they had to sing, like, religious music at all, like, it's, I know that's, like, a common thing in choirs, like, from elementary school to, like, professional life, that, like, they always include, like, Christian music or, like, Jewish music or, like, m- like, Islam music and stuff like that, but it's, like, all of it is just, like, the fact that, like, it's so deeply imbued with, like, religious music is kind of weird for, like, a secular university.
0: Um, going off of that... How would you guys say JNU does at, like, making sure people who are Christian or aren't Christian feel accepted on this campus and comfortable, like, they have a place here where they're represented? And do you guys think that they need to improve on what they're doing currently?
5: Hmm. I can definitely say Jamie needs to improve on the things that they're doing, especially, it's a small thing, such as like me going to get cheese pizza in the dining hall, but them using the same like utensil for the pork with the cheese pizza and knowing Muslim and students that are Jewish cannot have food that even touches pork or even goes near it. So then it's like, mm-hmm. you say that this food is halal, but I'm thinking that the food is halal. If I wouldn't have saw him put the utensil back, I'd be eating pork and that'd be against my religion. And just, like, little things like that, where it's like, JMU says that they're doing so well, but then behind closed doors, they're really not.
2: Or it's, like, even the amount of pork that they serve. Like, there have been times I've gone into the dining hall, and, like, the three places that I eat at usually, like, in D Hall are, like, the stir-fry station, the True Balance station, and, like, I can't, I can't think of the third one. But it's, like, those two stations sometimes, like, they almost exclusively exactly. serve pork every day. And so it's, like, I just have to get, like, the like vegetarian option because it's like I also like I'm gluten free so I have other dietary restrictions and so like that already restricts like what places on campus I can eat at and then if those places are serving pork then it's like all of a sudden I can barely eat any of the food on campus and it's like I think like also like in the policy for JMU like there there's some things that could be like reworded to be more inclusive to like students of other religions like the absence policy like, you, you're required to request your absences for your religious holidays before the end of the ad drop period. And it's like, yeah. And it's like the fact that there's a deadline on it. It's like, you can't practice your religion if you don't make the deadline, yeah. which I yeah. think is like a little ridiculous. And like, not only that, but sometimes I'll like tell my teachers and then they'll be like, oh, like, are you sure you're like, you have to miss that much class? And I was like, yes, I'm sure I have to miss that much class. Like, that's my religion. That's what I practice. And like, I had I had two once-a-week classes this semester that fell on Tuesday-Wednesdays, and most of the Jewish holidays, we have what's called the high holiday season, and so there are like, there's like two days a week that I had to miss class for like a month, and they fell on Tuesday-Wednesday this year, and so I missed 20% of those classes for this semester, and like I had another Tuesday-Thursday class where I missed half of the classes for that month, and like not only am I then trying to like figure out what's going on, in that class when I'm like not even there most of the time, but I'm also like making up that material. I'm losing points in participation because I'm not there as much. And it's just like, it just all is like compounded together to make it way more difficult for me to succeed in my classes than for like a normal like student who doesn't have to miss class for their holidays.
0: Um, Do you guys think that this issue of acceptance and making like various religions feel comfortable on campus extends from JMU? have you guys like had any friends experience like similar things on their campuses
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i'm i'm the president of the hillel and so i have heard like i i follow the news and so i get news notifications for anything like sort of jewish related that's happening around the world and so like for instance like this past hanukkah like i think the menorahs on like three separate campuses were like torn down and like like students were like attacked and like not like swastikas were drawn on, like, the Hillel buildings, and so it's, like, anti-Semitism is, like, it's a very big problem, and it's present everywhere, and I feel like it's not really addressed that it's present on Jamie's campus, you know, like, it's not, like, we're having these, like, outward, like, attacks, necessarily, but I still, like, I had a menorah on my car for Hanukkah, and I was scared that I was going to come back to find my car keyed or something, because it's, like, that's just life living as a Jewish person, and it's not really addressed as much in all like the diversity, equity, and inclusion outreach that JMU has been doing, which I think it's great that they're doing it. But I think they need to be able they need to include everybody and talk about everybody. And they've been sort of leaving out the Jewish community in their
5: efforts. Um, I feel the same way. After nine eleven, of course, a lot of people who practice Islam, especially the women. Feel uncomfortable wearing the hijab i know the first day i wore my hijab on campus i feel like i was an alien from outer space i've never gotten so many stares in my life not only being black but also being a black woman wearing a hijab on jamie's campus was probably one of the most scariest things that i've experienced and i know a lot of other college campuses maybe the ones that are more diverse maybe it's not as bad but i know wherever you go it's probably a scary thing so
0: mm-hmm that was all the talking points that we had come up with is there any questions you guys would like to ask each other i do have a i have a statement i want to say just because like we are talking about like
2: religious diversity and so it's like i don't represent all jewish students on campus and so it's like every jewish student on campus has a different life and lives different experiences and observes differently and so like, I, I don't know everything about, like, living life as a Jewish person. I don't know everything about, like, living life as a Jewish person at JMU. Um, and I, but it's like, I just wanted to, by coming on this, sort of open people's eyes to things that they might not have realized were even, like, a problem in the first place.
4: So I know we talked about this earlier. Um, I just wanted to, like, kind of reiterate it here, like, in here, like, even though you're not from Harrisonburg, right? No, yeah. I'm
2: from Maryland. <laughs> oh, same. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
4: But, uh, like, when you came to JMU, and I know JMU doesn't have a lot of, like, religious accommodations for Jewish people, Mm -hmm. would you say Harrisonburg in general has a lot of, like, accommodations, or is that kind of lacking there, too? Mm -hmm.
2: So a lot of Jewish students, when they are, like, applying to colleges, they look at, like, the Jewish community around the universities so that they know, like, what, what life will be like. Even if they don't plan on really getting involved, it's still, like, does their campus have a hillel? Does their campus have a chabad? Is there a synagogue nearby? Like those are all questions that they ask. And so like I remember googling it, and like there are different like sort of sects of Judaism, and so like there's Reform, Conservative, and like Orthodox are like the main three. Um, I'm a Conservative Jewish person, and like there the temple in Harrisonburg is a Reform synagogue, and so it's like it's different from what I practice um but then I also like saw that there was a Hillel and I saw that there was a Chabad and I was like oh okay like I'll be able to find Jewish life if I look for it and so I like came to campus sort of knowing that but it's like in terms of Harrisonburg because it's like there aren't a lot of Jews in Harrisonburg or on campus and there isn't like a lot of very observant Jews like there 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 are less accommodations in terms of like there's no kosher food in Harrisonburg so if you want to keep kosher you have to like ship it from somewhere else um but it also like makes it a bit bit of a problem to bring kosher food to campus because you need to have like an entirely separate kitchen and it has to be observed by someone who's certified to make sure that the food is kosher and so they'd have to ship in food prepare it in a separate facility and like pay someone to observe like certify it and like to do all that for such a small jewish population on campus is it's really difficult and so like it's kind of harder to like get the accommodations that we need because we are such a small population.
4: Alexis, I was actually going to ask you the same question. Did you find that Harrisonburg, not just Jamie, but like Harrisonburg in general was more accommodating to Islam? No? Okay.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Especially as a a first-year student who doesn't drive, the closest mosque is about 45 minutes away Mm -hmm. driving, so there's no way for me to get there unless I Uber and I'm not going to spend like over $50 on an Uber mm-hmm. for a mosque. I mean, to get to a mosque, I just feel like JMU as a whole just isn't very accommodating. And even in the Muslim Student Association, it's very male-dominated too, so as a female, that's a little scary just walking into a, men- a room with it's all men trying to pray. And most of them are Middle Eastern, so as a black woman, that's another thing that I just kind of deal with. So as a whole, JMU is not accommodating a all. So we'll see how next year's, next semester goes (laughs) with Ramadan coming up to see what Jamie has in store. But my hopes are very high, so.
2: Fasting while going to classes. (laughs) I I have had to do that a couple times. and It's rough.
4: (laughs) Do any of y'all utilize the interfaith chapel upstairs? I was just wondering.
2: I went to it once, and it was closed. And so I don't (laughs) know, like, how you use it or what the hours are, but, like, I imagine for, like, someone who prays multiple times a day at like multiple hours of the day. And like, for me who like most of like my services are like at sundown, I went there at like four in the afternoon and I couldn't get into the building. So like, I don't know what was up with that, but it's like, and I like the pictures online. It's like, it doesn't look like they have like, like a like a Jewish Bible in there or something that like could be used to pray. So it's like, I don't know really what the purpose of that room is because it's not very helpful for like students of other faiths who are trying to go practice it at different times. You're also not allowed to light candles on campus. Mm -hmm. And like, I know most of my holidays, like Shabbat, you light candles, Hanukkah, you light candles. Like everything is about lighting candles in Judaism and like to not be allowed to light a candle in your dorm or in a room on campus or like even in my apartment, I'm technically not supposed to be doing it, but I do it anyway. (laughs) It's like, I'm constantly worried about getting in trouble just for like, practicing my religion because of the rules they're not very
0: accommodating all right well i would say that probably wraps us up thank Mm -hmm. you guys so much for coming out and sharing your experiences of course yeah and look forward for our next podcast
5: if you'd like to be featured on our podcast or even have a topic that you would like to discuss you can dm us on instagram at jmusga
3: please subscribe and rate us on any platform if you enjoyed thanks for listening